in Singleness, episode 27. This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here's your host, Tom DeLong. Hey, and welcome back. This is Larissa. I am Tom's wife. I told you guys that I was going to be sharing my side of the story, and that is true to an extent. But surprise, the actual thing that's happening here is... I'm going to be listening to him tell you the story, and I will be interjecting and sharing certain details or maybe things that were forgotten. Thank you, Tom. And we will see how this goes. So I guess just sit back and enjoy. I'm going to dive in here and see what he has to say. Do, do, do. Here we go. Hello, and thank you for joining us for Thriving in Singleness. I'm really, really excited to have you here today. And I want to let you know, this episode as well as the next, they're going to look a little bit different than our typical episode layout because I'm typically going to have a co-host. I'll have someone that I'll be uh, having discussion with, learning about their perspectives, and I'm looking forward to that segment. However, I want to make sure you had a chance to get to know who I am as well as my background and why I felt so called to start this podcast about singleness. Now, um, my story, uh, sometimes I'm hesitant to push for it to be in the spotlight because I struggle with pride and I don't like my story to be highlighting me and who I am. Now, I recently read in 1 Corinthians one thirty one. it says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so when I share my story, I really hope you feel that I'm boasting entirely in the Lord and what he's done for me, what he taught me. And I'm thoroughly convinced that he gave me this story to use for his glory. And whether it be through this podcast or through another channel, I'm not sure. I'm still figuring it out, but I'm really excited to share my story so that way you can hear my background and that you can get to know me a little bit as we're going to carry through this podcast series. So I do want to be transparent with you to start. I am married. I've been married for six years and I do have a nine-month-old daughter. Okay, so sorry, we've been married longer than six years now. Uh, Is it eight? Eight years? I think it's eight years. (laughs) And our daughter is almost two. So just going to update you guys on that information. Which is definitely very exciting. However, uh, don't go. Don't let that be a reason to not listen to this podcast because you feel I might not be able to relate at all. However, I really did struggle with singleness. And struggle puts it lightly. I mean, I was terrible. I was lonely. I was desperate. I was constantly praying, watching, waiting, hoping to find that person that would quote unquote complete me. Okay. (laughs) He says praying, and I do believe that Tom was praying for a wife to come to his life, but while he was praying, he was also praying. All right, like, man, if I had met Tom during the time when he was struggling with singleness, mm, mm -mm. nope, (laughs) it wouldn't have gone well for him. (laughs) Just saying. Sorry, Tom. And so I built my life around the aspect of 
getting married someday. And that was my primary focus in everything that I did. I wanted to be able to prepare for being married and, and having a wife. And that was that was my number one goal. And so after I I grew up on a on a dairy farm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And a year after I graduated high school, I moved out to California, which was a lot of fun. I tried to get into the movie industry to be a stuntman and stunt driver primarily. However, things didn't quite pan out. I worked as an extra on several different films trying to get into the union. And so I was able to be in a lot of different movies and TV shows. And I had a lot of fun rock climbing and hiking and doing a lot of cool things while I was out in California. However, after about a year and a half, I started to feel discouraged and I decided to move back to my family's farm and work there again. So moved back when I turned 21 and I had found that my experience in working in the movie industry and pursuing these crazy things made me quite influential among teenagers. And so I wanted to use that for for God's glory and I felt a passion for youth ministry. So I decided to get into youth ministry and a friend introduced me to Young Life. And so I was able to start leading Young Life and I led that for about three and a half years. And I say this jokingly, but it's actually quite true. Is like when I was farming and I was working 60 hours a week while leading Young Life and and investing in the youth, I was I was half awake pretty much the entire time that I was a leader. And so you could say that I was thriving in singleness during that time. And I was able to do several things I can't do to such an extent right now. But in the background of where it might have appeared that I was thriving in singleness, I really lacked appreciation for where God had me. And I really struggled with discontentment while I built my life around this idea of getting married. Because the primary reason for moving back from L.A. to go back on the farm was I I looked at this idea of of doing stunts and whatnot. I'm like, there's no way I can be able to provide for for a wife and a family doing this someday it just seemed so far impossible and i wanted to move back to what was what was safe and and the idea of going back to the farm and being able to pr- have a living and be able to provide doing that seemed a lot more appealing to me at that time now as i was leading young life i had an area director and he asked me a pretty strong question which at the time it didn't really hit me but it hit me a little bit later on and and the question was he's like tom what if God wants you to be single for the rest of your life? And I kind of scoffed at it because any person would always be like, hey, don't worry, Tom, the right person's out there. You just have to trust God. You know, don't worry. He has everything in control. And and he was the first person to actually approach me, Tom, like, what if God wants you to be single for the rest of your life? And so I totally kind of like blew off the question. And so it was later on, I reached a point of surrender. And that was after my other leader had found I went to the mall with one of my Young Life guys and the goal was ultimately to get me a date with someone. And so she didn't really appreciate that at all and, and actually kind of yelled at me right there in the mall when, when she saw it firsthand. And I'd like to just uh, kind of agree. It was a little weird. I mean, I'm not like saying I think it's bad. I just think it's weird. That's awkward. I don't know is that I would have (laughs) teenagers helping me find a date. I don't know. I feel like that is a sign, you guys. That right there was a sign. He was desperate. Afterwards, I I reanalyzed what my real heart's desires were. 
And I reached a point of complete surrender. And I realized, God, I, I, I don't need to be married and have children to live a fulfilling life. I mean, God can use me as a single person very well. I mean, after all, I've been leading Young Life. I've been doing cool road trips, doing a lot of different exciting things. And God had really been working in me during that time in that singleness. And there's so much more he could potentially do. So I I surrendered the idea of getting married. And I said, you know what? If God wants me to be single for the rest of my life, I'm going to embrace that. I'm going to embrace the way he made me and try and use those things for his glory. So suddenly life, life got very exciting when I was able to drop that idea of getting married because I was like, you know what? I, I know I'm really great with ministry. I'm going to try and pursue that. But also I'm an adrenaline junkie. So I'm going to continue doing the crazy adrenaline junkie things. Like, hey, like I'm going to start skydiving again. I'm going to get my base jumping license. And like, like I was, I was really, really stoked about the idea of doing these crazy adrenaline junkie things and finding ways that God can use it for his glory. So I, uh, a couple weeks after I'd reached that point, ironically, I met my wife, Larissa. Surprise! And we met through a mutual friend. We were hanging out in Lancaster City and checking out some different places and having a lot of fun. And after that evening, I got her number and... <laughs> okay. Tom got my number in a way that I don't think any person has ever gotten my number. Uh, <laughs> I first, I like just, I think I need to say that giving my number to people really wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, I would text people all the time. It's just what I did. Okay. Um, but the way Tom got my number was something that. It it took me off guard, so I didn't even question it. <laughs> I was down for the weekend, and um, because I was signing my lease, as I'm pretty sure he states here soon. And the plan was to go to church on Sunday, and he had asked me if I knew where I was going to church, and I said uh, I'm not sure. I might be going with my roommate, and he said, "Oh well, you're welcome to join me for church," and. I was like, oh, okay, I'll have to check with my mom because my mom had come with me. And then I'll let you know. And he's like, okay. And I was like, all right. And then he goes, oh, well, I mean, I guess uh, we should exchange numbers then so I can tell you where my church is and then you can let me know. And I was like, oh, yeah, right, of course, absolutely. Bam, there it was. It happened. I didn't even think twice about it until after I shut the door. And I was like, what did I do? What? How did, man, <laughs> he could have been so much more straightforward, but I just thought I would slip them in there because I thought it was kind of funny. And keep in mind, you know, in this pursuit, like I wasn't, I wasn't pursuing singleness. I was pursuing God. I want to pursue what God had for me, what God wanted from me. And so I wasn't pursuing singleness and just saying, it's like, you know what? I want to be able to be single for the rest of my life. And that's my number one goal. My number one goal was, was what God wanted for me, whatever that might be. So I didn't turn away from the idea of meeting anybody. It was just a matter of that was no longer priority. God was my priority. His plan was my priority. And so when I met Larissa and then I, I got her number, we started texting back and forth and it didn't seem to want to end. And 
Okay, first of all, the reason why I didn't seem like it wanted to end is because, as I said, that's who I was. I texted all the time. I actually remember having a sit-down with an adult who was on the phone plan (laughs) with me and was like, Larissa, you have a problem. And I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, only to show me that I had texted like 17,000 texts that month. Guys, I did have a problem. Unfortunately for Tom, he didn't know that I had a problem with texting 24-7. <laughs> but he's correct. I did enjoy texting him, and I was texting him. So I guess I'll give you that, Tom. So as we were texting back and forth the the following day after we met, she, uh, which when she came down to Lancaster, she was signing her lease so she could move down to Lancaster. Oh, yeah. Here and then is. the next day, she immediately went back to upstate New York. I went to church and then we went up to New York. Yeah. So two weeks later, she would be moving down to Lancaster. So we were texting and she said, you better prepare for my awesomeness to return to Lancaster. And so, so at this point, you know, I decided to unleash my ego a little bit since she seems to be quite egotistical as well. So I wanted to kind of, you know, hit hit back on her with that. So, Okay, hang on. Uh, I wasn't egotistical. I'm still not egotistical. <laughs> I don't like that word, guys. I am and I was a very confident young lady. And I knew that I was fun. And I knew that I was awesome, okay? That's just knowledge. And I was confident in that knowledge because I knew that God had made me awesome. So, hello. I'm just just saying I wasn't egotistical, Tom. That's you, not me. <laughs> I texted back. I said, well, you better watch out because I'm the most awesome thing to happen to Lancaster. And she responded without even having hesitation. She's like, you might be the most awesome thing that God, uh, you, you might be the most awesome thing in Lancaster, but I'm the most awesome thing that God put on the planet. And I was like, okay, it's on. You know, she, she was definitely appealing to me at this point. I'm glad that I was appealing. It wasn't my purpose. <laughs> Growing up, uh, whenever... One of my siblings would say something, and then we had to come back, you know, with something smarter. Uh, That's just what we would do, I guess. That is why I was so sure in my awesomeness. And that is also why I wasn't afraid to tell him. But that is also why (laughs) I said that. Because I... I knew that he couldn't beat it. I mean, it's the universe, guys. The universe. So the next day I was out with my family and cause, because we kept texting and it didn't, didn't seem to want to stop. I even texted in ways that gave her an opportunity to stop texting. I tried to be a little closed-ended. What does that mean, closed-ended? Huh? I don't understand. That's what texting is good for. You don't have to do that it's not like a phone call just in case like i didn't want her to feel like i was dragging her through any conversation but she always always kept coming back so i was texting her i was out with my family and so i was like oh yeah i'm out for steak right now she's like oh yeah i love steak and so i was like 
Well, how about when you come here to, when you do move down to Lancaster, how about I take you out for a steak? And she's like, oh yeah, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. I was like, oh cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to Texas Roadhouse. That's really good. So, so we can enjoy that. So. Okay. I want to, um, <laughs> jump in here. I knew that I was planning to move to a place where I didn't know very many people and I was not naive. Okay. But I did genuinely think that Tom was just being friendly, okay? I thought he was like, oh, she'll be new here. I'll show her around and we can go out to eat. And I was fully prepared to pay for my meal, okay? I just want to let that statement fly. Um, because as he had said before when he said earlier that his, um, you know, priority was living his life fully for God and what God wanted for him. When I met him the few weeks back, I that's the vibe I got from him. I did not get the vibe that he was actively pursuing um, a wife. Uh, yeah, because if I had, like I said, I would have fled for the hills. I did not take kindly <laughs> to desperate men. <laughs> it was awkward. Yeah, so I didn't get that feeling from him at all, and that's why I very innocently took him for somebody just being nice and friendly. So thanks for wanting to take me up for sake, Tom, as a friend. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, awesome. Like, I, I've landed a date. Oh, dear. He landed a date. See, we weren't on the same page. <laughs> that's that's really exciting. You know, first date in, in several years. And and so this, this could be really cool. And so in her mind, she was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be meeting, you know, meeting new people in Lancaster, making new friends. Yeah. And, and that's really good. I'm, I'm getting more established in Lancaster. So we started off on two completely <laughs> separate pages. We weren't on two completely separate pages two completely separate chapters. So then in the following days, uh, you know, as we mm. continued texting, getting to know each other a little bit, I I felt like it wasn't quite computing in my mind to take her out on a date as if she was just any other girl. Okay, he landed a date. Yeah. Hmm. And it felt like I would be doing a disservice to her to t simply take her out for steak and it'd be just like a boring, ordinary date. I'm like, I can't take the most awesomest girl in the world out on a date as if she's just any other girl. So my mind just kind of started swirling about different ideas. And What does it mean when your mind swirls? I've never heard that phrase before. Maybe I was hungry for In-N-Out Burger at that time, but... I just for fun, I was like, hey, you know, let's see what it costs to fly out to Los Angeles for a weekend. I mean, yeah, why not? So, I mean, yeah, people fly to Los Angeles all the time with people they barely know. I checked out some flights for, you know, four weeks out and found some incredibly good deals. I was like, oh, man, oh, that'd be really cool. So I was like, you know what, let me let me give her a call. So I, I, I gave her a call. I was like, hey, um, so I decided there's... Uh, somewhere else I want to take you out to eat instead of going out for steak. Um, I want to take you somewhere else, but it's going to take an entire weekend. And she's like, she's like, what? Is it like an all-weekend buffet? I was like, all-weekend buffet. 
<laughs> that was me being smart and sarcastic. No, no, it's it's not, but just just don't plan anything for this particular weekend coming up in four weeks and and you know, and then we'll you know, we'll have a we'll have a fun time. And she's like, Well, okay, and so and she's like, well, just just don't tell me where we're going because I really do like surprises. I was like, well, okay, good. I mean, because you'll definitely be surprised. So, all right, yeah, I do like surprises. I no, I'm obsessed. That's a better word. I'm obsessed with surprises, and it's because I didn't really have very many surprises. <laughs> good surprises <laughs> growing up. So yeah, I wanted it to be a surprise. On. The other hand, though, um, <laughs> Tom makes it sound like he was really calm, cool, and collected when he called me and told me about this place that he wanted to show me. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't super calm, okay? The man called, and he was very, uh, what's the word? Hmm. Intense. <laughs> he was so intense when he called to tell me about it and he said you know don't make plans for this weekend and I was like okay he's like no like seriously do not make plans and I was like alrighty then I won't make plans and he's like no you got can you promise that you won't make plans and I was like bro I won't make plans and he goes alright great we just don't want anything to come up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. This dude is really, I don't know, excited about this all weekend buffet. <laughs> oh man. We were then texting and at this point I I was feeling, you know, super bold. I was just on this power streak of, of confidence. I mean, I, I had the kind of confidence that kills young guys on motorcycles. I mean, I was nice. just like balling. So... I texted her good night. I was like, good night, gorgeous. And then she responds. She's like, I'm not gorgeous. So, of course, that is an awkward one for any guy to respond to. It's like, what What do you say back to that? And Okay. I said I was not gorgeous because I don't know about the rest of y'all, but <laughs> texts like that or even statements like that from people always make me really uncomfortable. So, I told him how I felt. I'm not gorgeous. That was not me fishing for more compliments. Okay? I know some of y'all are thinking it. I wasn't. That was me trying to stop the fear that suddenly started after that text was sent. Because, mm -hmm, up until that point, I literally thought the man was just being friendly and then he said that and I was like oh no he flirted and I was scared <laughs> I was not I was not looking for that uh -uh. Mm -mm. nope so I was like well don't don't make me sing One Direction, because I will if I have to. Because at that time, the song, That's What Makes You Beautiful, was quite popular on the radio. So um, then the next day, you know, she gets back to me. She's like, hey, like, so I'm, and, and at this point, I had, I'd reserved 
the rental car. I had bought the airline tickets for us both to go out to LA and back. And she texted me. She's like, so like I can, I can do this weekend thing, but I can only go if we're just going as friends. Okay. I texted him that the next day because I did not sleep well that night after that text, that good night, gorgeous text. Mm -mm. I knew I had to set some boundaries. And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, like, why not? I'm thinking in my mind, it's like, yeah, there's there's nothing crazy about just going out to L.A. for a weekend as friends. I mean, of course, it's only slightly more absurd of an idea as going out for our first date. So I was like, yeah, we can we can go as friends. That's okay. So then I'm like texting friends about this. I was like, yeah, I'm totally taking this girl out to L.A. for for a for a date and and they're like Tom you're crazy and like I'm thinking and of course in my mind I still thought it was a date I was still confidently feeling like this was going to be a date okay see that is the difference Tom between confidence and ego okay I was confident in who I was as a person you were very egotistical I told you we'd have to do it as friends and this man's still like (laughs) I've got a date guys (sighs) no bueno dude no bueno and then i thought in my mind i was like wait a second i've only known this girl for five days i was in her physical presence for three hours i will say my physical presence and personality is that intense too i make quite an impact impression i make an impression i'm like this is this is just crazy like but i was still on this confidence high and there's a few things that made this to where it wasn't weird because in in normal circumstances this would be totally weird it would totally be creepy like off the wall insane and so the fact is like larissa and i had mutual friends we did and so because we had mutual friends there was no concern about who we are and our integrity and the fact that we were good people. Because if it was just a random person I'd met, then I'm just assuming that they're a good person and that they have good intentions. And so we knew that we both came from solid backgrounds. And uh, then secondly, I mean, I had, I'd lived in Los Angeles and to me, it's like a second home. I, I feel like I'm at home there and I wouldn't be comfortable taking her where I didn't know anybody or where I hadn't been before. And so we'd be going out there. The plan was to be spending a lot of time with my friends. And so we wouldn't even be spending time by ourselves. We're just going out there and and having fun, showing her all my favorite places. So the day comes and we get in the car and we drive to the airport, which it's, it's a couple hours for getting there. And so I like nonchalantly take the exit for the airport. All right, before we dive in here a little bit, uh, hmm. Okay, so I think it was three weeks or so, three, three and a half weeks between meeting him and then going out for this trip. And as he had said and I have said, we did talk a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. We were talking a lot, and then um, after I moved down here to Lancaster, I I think we almost, I think we did almost hang out 
every single day um, between the time that after I moved and then our trip because I was settling in. I was, I had a job lined up and then that didn't pan out. But um, I was also job searching and then I would help him on his farm, his family's farm, doing stuff because... I'd say at least 90% of the stuff that he was doing, I already knew how to do it. So I was just helping him to pass the time and because I was bored. Not the only reason why I was hanging out with him. I mean, we were friends. But also, I didn't want to just sit at home and do nothing because that's not great. And she didn't think anything of it because, of course, yeah. it's like the furthest thing from I her mind. And then that. we pull into a hotel parking lot and I and she looks at me like kind of like an are you kidding me kind of look and I said don't worry we're not staying here I looked at the man like that cause uh it was a hotel I mean and he understands he understands why I looked at him like that that's why I had to clarify that we weren't staying there mm mm and that's where I had reserved for the car to be parked for the weekend so I go inside I grab the paperwork so I can have my car parked there for the weekend and I come back out and I move the car and I tell her, I was like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We are getting, we're going to get on a shuttle. We're going to take that shuttle to the airport and we're going to fly to Los Angeles for the weekend. <laughs> and she's like, you're, you're kidding me, right? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm absolutely serious. Here, our tickets are right here. I've got a rental car lined up and I have a small bag for you to repack your belongings into to use as a carry-on and small bottles for your liquids. So you go ahead and repack and we'll be ready to grab the next shuttle. In case you can't tell, Tom's a planner. And she's like, all right. You know, she just kind of nodded like, all right, let's see, yeah, let's do this. So. All right. Yeah. I, um, I may have looked super chill about it. Like, yeah, let's do this. Inside I was, definitely freaking out <laughs> and that's mostly because not because I was nervous about him or um uh scared necessarily I I like to be in control of certain things and this trip was 110% out of my control except for the decision to go and um the choices I would make on that trip. I mean, those were my, in my control. But the trip and the unknown, that was out of my control. And I was freaking out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Because it was very uh, unexpected and so not what I thought was happening that weekend. I... I don't know if he says this. I I thought it was going to be like a camping trip. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought we were going to go camping with his friends. <laughs> what kind of a weirdo am I? Okay. That would have been. That would have been really cold. You know, she starts packing and I kind of, you know, walk to the front of the car so she can, you know, move all her stuff and have some privacy doing that. Yeah. So while I was moving my stuff over into the carry-on, I just wanted to say really quick, one reason why I did 
agree to go on that, you know, spontaneous weekend was because previously, before moving down to Lancaster, I, uh, mentally, maybe mentally and emotionally, and even spiritually, I would say, I, um, I started a new chapter where I told myself I was going to do things that made me uncomfortable, like go out of my comfort zone and... I was going to be like very actively pursuing God's will for my life and just ultimately having him as the number one priority. So, you know, hanging out with Tom, he was encouraging me, um, you know, in my walk with God. So that was another reason why we hung out so much. But yeah, that's probably the biggest reason why I said yes. It wasn't just because... I was some freeloader trying to get a free trip. I mean, free trips are great, but that's not that's not what happened. Also, I'm no Jezebel, okay, guys? I wasn't just, oh, look, there's another guy. Yes, he'll, he'll pay for my dinner. That's just not who I was. Okay? <laughs> that's not who I was. Mm. That's why I would not stay in a hotel with a man I was not married to. Okay. I don't know if that needed to be in there. And so I and, and step step aside and I say, so are we going to call this our first date? And she's like, yes. Yeah, we can, we can call this our first date. I was like, all right. All right, cool. Okay. Yeah. When he asked if it was going to be our first date. Here we go, Tom. Okay, Tom. Starting now. <laughs> yeah, when he said it was going to be our first date. I, well, he asked. He asked if it was going to be our first date. Can I ask a question, you guys? Would you honestly say no? I mean, that seems wrong. But, more importantly, I I did like Tom. And I respected him. I trusted him, and I did. I cared about him as a person. So, yeah, and I was not against getting to know him better, but there was no way I was going to say no. But yeah, thanks for this free trip. Let's do this. <laughs> oh yeah. So then we grabbed uh, the next shuttle. Got to the airport, had a little time to kill, and then got on the airplane, and we flew into the sunset. So quite literally, we flew into the sunset, longest sunset of my life. If you've ever flown into the sunset, you know it lasts quite a long time. Longest sunset of his life, because it was the best sunset of his life. So then once we landed, um, and I also want to include, when I informed her about what our plans were for the weekend, I said, I have separate sleeping arrangements lined up for us. If you're not comfortable staying at my friend's house, you are like, I will get you your own hotel room and that will be just fine if that makes you more comfortable. So, uh, so that made her pretty comfortable with, with going across the country with me. So, okay, guys, you have to admit up to this point, he's paid for a lot of stuff. Okay. He offered to pay for a hotel. The man had me thinking he was very wealthy, <laughs> but that's not, that's not why I said yes to the first date. But he definitely made me think he had a lot of money. We're on the plane. We're having a lot of fun and just, you know, goofing around, whatever. And 
then we landed. I took her to In-N-Out Burger, and we enjoyed our burgers there, and we'd gotten the rental car, and then we went to Playa del Rey, where my where my, one of my friends lived, and we first went onto the beach, and it's like 10 o'clock at night. I mean, it's it's cold, it's windy, dark. It was freezing cold on that beach. And we're walking on the beach. It's her first time walking along the Pacific Ocean, and so I say, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? She said, um, definitely a spontaneous flight to California. And I said, you mind if I dare you to do something crazier? She's like, what could that be? I said, I dare you to be my girlfriend. And she smirked and she seemed like she liked that idea. And I, and she's like, what's the penalty if I say no? What's the penalty if I say no? I said, I'll slit your throat and dump in the ocean. (laughs) And we both had a good laugh about that because of course, like, we knew I was joking. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure she knew I was joking. So, all right, guys. Yeah, of course I knew he was joking. But what, what would you do? Okay, you trusted up to that moment, Tom. I trusted you. Just kidding. But who comes up with that kind of stuff? Mm. I knew that uh, if it didn't work out, he would at least get me home. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'll I'll be your girlfriend. So, so then uh, after we stayed the night at my friend's house, the next day I took her up the Pacific Coast Highway a little bit and showed her a few of my favorite places. We first stopped at Point Doom. Point Doom is his absolute favorite place to go. Which is in Malibu, and it's a cliff rock face right off of the ocean. I'd done some rock climbing there, and it's just a lot of fun to check it out. We saw Owen Wilson, which was pretty exciting. Okay. Well, we did see Owen Wilson, and while that was cool, <laughs> side note, Tom asked to get a picture with him, and he didn't just say, excuse me, can we get a picture with you? He was like, hey, Owen, can we take a picture with you? Like, we knew the guy. We didn't know him. I told him, I was like, no. No, you don't call him Owen. It's Mr. Wilson. I was terrified and embarrassed. Oh, my goodness. But that's Tom. Egotistical Tom. Knowing or pretending to know everybody. (laughs) And so after hiking around there for a little bit, we... He said no, by the way. Owen said, no, thank you, when he walked away as fast as his legs could carry him. Went further in inland Malibu to a couple dealerships, and we saw some Ferraris and Lamborghinis, which were both very passionate about exotic cars. We definitely love them. and I love any fast car. Then the next thing I did was take her into Malibu Creek, which is a place that I did a lot of rock climbing. And leading up to this trip, I reached out to my buddy Scott, who I did a lot of climbing with when I lived in California. And I said, hey, Scott, so I'm going to be in California with a friend on these dates, and I'm not going to have a lot of time to rock climb. But if you are there climbing with a friend, I could jump on a couple routes with you, and uh, it'd it'd be great to see you for a little bit. So he did that, and he was a good friend. And so him him and his friend Sebastian were out climbing, and I met up with them. And Larissa and I got to do a couple routes, rock climbing, and and she really enjoyed that. And I kind of pushed her beyond her comfort level a little bit. But Okay. <laughs> that was my first time rock climbing. And it was terrifying. It was hard. 
okay? It was hard because there were techniques I didn't know. But I'm kind of an arachnophobic, and I was terrified that these spiders were going to be crawling out of those rocks. It was... But more importantly, I do have a lot of pride, okay? (laughs) And I was afraid that I would look stupid if I couldn't climb this rock face. I... Dude, you guys, Scott is a spider monkey. I have never seen somebody just crawl across rocks the way he was just like from one spot to the next. And I I knew that Tom was there and that his friends were there and I knew that I could not be a weakling little coward wimp (laughs) that couldn't climb a measly rock. But yeah, I struggled actually a lot and freaked out at one point because I was I had reached my limit and my arms were just jelly um but then Scott just traversed the entire rock and he's like he's like hey you're doing great you know just relax and then he told me what to do and he encouraged me and we got back and we kept climbing the rock and then he was like alright you're doing great and he's like while we did to the other side I was like, okay, I need to get off this rock. (laughs) So yes, I was pushed past my comfort zone, Tom. Thanks. Uh, Afterwards, we met up with some friends in Burbank and got changed in some nice upscale clothing and went down to Santa Monica to go out to eat. And so we enjoyed my time with, with my friends and enjoyed hanging out with them. And I got to take Larissa to see the Santa Monica Pier, the Ferris wheel, all the cool Santa Monica things. While we were on that beach, there were um, a lot of people standing around. And somebody was there taking pictures. I just remember that because there was a flash. And it seemed like it was in our direction. But I, I don't think people were taking pictures of us, per se. But... There were definitely cameras going off. So keep that in mind, you guys, okay, for the next part. Well, part two. Because those flashes in the dark is why I didn't think twice about other things coming up. So then then the next day, I took her to City Walk, which is outside of Universal Studios LA. And... After exploring all the shops, we went to Sierra Madre. I love, 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 love Sierra Madre. And I'm so glad we went there on our first date. Which is a small town that I used to live in. It's a small town east of Pasadena. A lot of people that live in L.A. haven't even heard of Sierra Madre. It's so small. And it's about a square mile and a half with uh, and no stoplights. And so it's it's just this quaint little town, very lovely. And so I wanted her to see that. We went into the coffee shop called Bean Town, and we got to relax and just soak soak in all the craziness of the weekend. This is the first time we actually relaxed because any of my trips tend to be very intense and you know hitting you know doing one thing after the other. And so got to just kind of soak it in and, and enjoy our time together. That's putting it lightly, okay. Whenever Tom does any kind of trip. Or plans a weekend, or we do road trips. Oh my goodness. 
That man is just go, go, go. I don't know where he gets his energy from. It is exhausting. There is no time to relax. There was a very packed weekend. I was exhausted. I was tired. So the coffee was nice. So then after that, I showed her where where I lived, which is right at the top of the hill there on uh, there in Sierra Madre. And then we went to go catch our flights. So we had a red eye flight home and had separate sleep, separate seats because we were one of, we were the last people on the airplane, and I didn't even reserve the seats ahead of time. So uh, I'd only had the airline tickets, but. You know, one thing that's interesting about uh, this trip, you know, we almost met about six months earlier because Larissa, she was going to be coming down to Lancaster and then got into a car accident on the way. And I'm not necessarily glad she got into the car accident. However, I'm glad that we didn't meet because six months earlier, my heart was not in the right place. I had not been brought to that breaking point and I was not ready to meet the the lady that would eventually become my wife. And so I'm so glad God had brought me to the right place and I didn't meet her any sooner. And I definitely think that it was a God thing. I agree. The accident was not ideal, guys. <laughs> I recommend you not get in car accidents because at least for me, I am still dealing with that stuff from it. But yeah, I think God knew Oh, God has a sense of humor. I think, um, I know God knew uh, that Tom and I were supposed to join forces. Uh, But there was also a lot of stuff that I needed to work through. And I, that accident was a wake-up call for me as well because there was a lot of stuff I was dealing with and fighting against and ultimately ended up coming down to me surrendering my will for my life and letting God take control for what he wanted me to do. It was just so interesting how God had formulated this perfect first date. Like, I couldn't have come up with this on my own. I was acting entirely on instinct and what made sense in my crazily wired mind on what we were going to be doing. So one way that I look at how God had changed my heart and prepared my heart is I look at the story of Abraham and Isaac. And Abraham, he had wanted this son for so long and he had waited and waited. And so God finally blessed him with this son, Isaac. And then God says, hey, Abraham, you know that son that you waited for that I'd finally given to you? I want you to let him go. I want you to give him to me. And I want you to sacrifice your son to me. And Abraham, he obeyed and he went with Isaac to the top of the hill and he was ready to sacrifice his son. And then, of course, God sent an angel to to, to stop him from sacrificing him. And so I look at it the same way where God said to me, he's like, Tom, you know that desire that you have for a wife and a family? I want you to let it go. I want you to give it to me. I want you to put it here and I want you to sacrifice this and completely give it to me. And when I finally let go of that desire, 
is when God gave me everything that I'd ever wanted. And so for me, because of that experience and how God changed my heart, that is why I have such a passion for that season of singleness. Anytime I meet somebody that's single, I light up. I'm like so excited for that season of life that they are in. And I love just talking with them and I love sharing my story and inspiring them. And I really hope to do the same with this podcast. And And we're going to be talking with a lot of really cool people and hearing from their backgrounds. And my hope is that as you listen, I want you to feel inspired in your singleness. I want you to feel like you're not the only one facing the struggles that you're facing because we're going to talk to a lot of people that either have had or are having those same struggles. And I want you to experience that incredible feeling that I had of complete surrender. I want you to be able to find that joy of letting go and trusting God and seeking his plan for your life. So next episode, I'm going to be sharing the rest of my story. And afterwards, it's going to get very exciting in the perspective of getting to know other people and you don't have to only listen to my voice. So I really appreciate you listening to this episode and I will see you next time. Cool. All right. So mm, I guess we'll just move on to the next episode. This should be great. Do, do, do. Also, guys, listen, okay? Listen to the next episode because I will also have more little comments and truths to tell you. Alright. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye! Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.